let's go on and get into this Q&A session. Um, goodness. Uh, by the way, first of all, I want to say congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. I had Suns in six. I was pulling for the Suns. Um, but congratulations to Giannis Antetokounmpo and company. Um, yeah, so way to go for them. Okay, first question. Um, what are the top three things that you will miss about California? My family, um, my immediate family, um, they're big, they're a big part of me. They're important to me. Um, I will, let me just, let me just expand it. Okay. My, my support, my support group. Okay. Um, my support, my network of support. My friends and my family are here. Okay. My immediate family lives here. Um, my two best friends are here in the state. Um, you know, my coworkers, I don't consider them my friends. Um, but they are, I, I still have a good relationship with them. Um, I enjoy, you know, talking with them. Um, and they were, you know, they were, they were kind of like my school away from school being, uh, that was, that was my first, uh, group of young people to be with after I got sick. Um, so I'm going to miss my support network to the weather. The weather is just phenomenal here. I wish I could have this weather all the time, everywhere. Three. Oh gosh. The memories, probably. Um, a lot of good things and a lot of bad things have happened here. Um, I've spent 22 years here. You know, again, it's not official. Um, cause, you know, the, it, it could still fall through. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I miss about California. That's what I'll miss about California. Two, what excites you most about Texas? Definitely. Definitely the new opportunity, the new environment. Um, I will see myself grow up, I would say, you know, being, you know, 1500 miles from home is a big deal. You know, it's no longer, you know, Sacramento, um, a six hour drive. It's now, I think it's like 14 hours, a 14 hour drive. Okay. So it's, it's going to be very, very different. Um, but that's what I'm looking forward to most, just being on my own and just being in a completely different environment. I mean, it's a completely new state, new people. I don't know anyone in Texas. Um, I have no family. I have no friends there. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what excites me the most. Um, yeah, that, that's what I would say. Three. You mentioned secession in your last episode. What would it take for you to support it? Okay, so here's the thing. I, you know, right after I finished recording the episode, I, I thought about, I actually thought about this question. Um, and then I received the question. I said, I definitely have to answer it. For me to support secession, here's what would have to happen. Christians would have to be locked up for being Christians, okay, 
um, or conservatives would have to start being locked up for being conservative and voting Republican. Um, or uh, the dissolution of the First and Second Amendment. First and or Second Amendment. That's when I was supported. Because if we lose... The First Amendment is... It's... it's That is America right there. The, the, the ability to critique what you want to critique. To be able to criticize government. To be able to say what you want. To, be, to have the right to offend. To, ha- to have the right uh, to religious liberties. Those things really matter. And if we lose those two, the First and or the Second Amendment, that's that's when I would support secession. And it's it's I don't see that happening. Um, but for me, that's what it would take because secession is not something that I I would take lightly because, as I mentioned, it involves bloodshed. Okay, it involves fighting. It involves violence. It involves brother against brother, home against home, moving, re-networking, and, and just up rerooting your life. Okay, so it would take a lot, but that's what it would take for me. Okay, um, good question, by the way. I literally, I literally ended recording that episode, and then I started thinking about it, and then I checked, um, you know, I checked the inbox uh, the next morning. And that question was in there. This question was in here. And so I said, wow, I definitely do have to answer this for uh, the Q&A. Good question. Number four, I've been flirting with this girl uh, for a while now, and it's mutual flirting. But I'm just, but I'm not sure what is going to happen between us. I like her, but I don't know if she likes me or if she's just bored. What do I do? Here's the thing. Um, oh, and he says that he's 16. Okay. Here's my rule with girls. Um, you need to let girls know immediately how you feel about them. Because a girl's natural setting, a girl's default setting when meeting a guy is friend. That's the default setting. So you have to go forward and talk to these women and say, look, I'm not your friend. So you have to put that up, up front. You're here flirting with this girl, and she's flirting with you. And here's the thing. A lot of girls will flirt just for the fun of it. They're like, oh, I just, you know, girls just enjoy the attention. I do not recommend just flirting with girls just to flirt with them. What you should do, in my opinion, is when you like a girl, when you are interested in a girl, Tell her you are interested. Tell her up front um, that you are interested and that you want to take the relationship to the next level. Like you want to take her on a date or you want to be her boyfriend or whatever. But I don't recommend flirting with girls just because. Okay, because they may see us. Oh, it's just he's just, you know, we're just being friendly. We're just talking. And it's like that's not those are your intentions. So you want to make your intentions clear so what you need to do is you need to just tell her um you know you say you've been doing this for a while quote for a while now and i don't know what that is but that seems like it seems like 
you know, at least a couple weeks in my mind. So I think you just need to go out and just go up and tell her, just be like, look, I, I like you. I want to take you on a date. Um, now you're 16. So you, maybe you drive, maybe you don't, but what you need to do, you do need to tell her how you feel and you need to tell her what you think about her. I, I, I strongly discourage this flirting. Okay. Because you could be wasting your time. She could be doing it for fun. Girls do do that for fun. Okay. And so I don't recommend it. All right. Number five, how confident are you about a red wave in the coming elections percentage wise? Okay. So I'm more confident in the presidency. I'm more confident in 2024 because Biden will be out of office either due to death or he will be, um, they'll invoke the 25th because mentally and physically he won't be able to perform the job and they'll have, the Democrats will have Kamala. Okay. And the Democrats will be divided because Kamala cannot win a general election and the Democrats know this. So I'm more confident in seeing the Democrats fall apart and in 2024 and seeing Republicans capitalize on that. And let me say this, if, if Republicans do not capitalize on 2020, 2022 and 2024, um, it's over. Well, I mean, I think it's already over, but we really are uh, down the drain. And all those Republicans should uh, lose their jobs. Um, and I would also say that conservatives and Republican voters should be ashamed of themselves if it doesn't happen. But percentage-wise, 2024, I, I'll go 80, I'll go 75, 80% in 2024. 2022, I'm not as confident because it's an, it's an off year. Um, and the th- one thing that Democrats have learned how to do, Democrats have learned how to mobilize. Democrats are very good at mobilization. Democrats are very good at getting people to go out and vote. So I'm going to say, s- 65-70% for 2022. Yeah, yeah, but I'm more confident in 2024. All right, number six. Um, what should someone do? And by, actually, by the way, for just this just hit me. For your 2022 and 2024 elections, um, e- email me your predictions. What do you guys think is going to happen? Because maybe I'm wrong. Okay, I could be wrong, but I want to know what you guys think. Um, yeah, let me let me know. Um, do you know? Do Democrats keep? all three do they lose the house do they keep the senate do they lose the senate keep the house do they lose both what happens uh so email me and let me know what you guys think about that um six what should someone do if their church is beginning to adopt crt in its teachings leave the church leave the church that's what i recommend um i've never been afraid to here's here's what you need to understand God is not going to strike you with lightning. God is not going to have a big rig fall on top of your head. 
um, if you leave a church. Because here's what here's what ultimately matters. If the Bible is not being taught, if his word is not being put forth, if his if the gospel is not being preached, you need to leave. That's the whole point of church. CRT actually goes against the gospel. It goes against Christianity and you need to leave. Now, I don't know how old you are, but what you need to do whatever you can to get yourself out of that situation. It's evil. It's wrong. It's immoral. And you need to leave. Okay, don't, you know, here's a mistake that people often make. People will often say, oh, you know, well, one thing Christians will say is, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll wait on God. Just, you know, just, just listen for his voice. God speaks to people often through many ways. He speaks to us through, through his word, through other people, through dreams, visions, our thoughts. There are many ways he speaks to us. You don't need water to be turned into to wine in front of you. If something is wrong, leave. And of, now let me say this. Yes, all churches have problems. No church is perfect. I understand that. But when we are talking about what is being taught from the pulpit, that is a big deal. You need to leave. Don't question it. Don't fast and pray. You don't need, you don't need to fast and pray about this. You don't need to seek godly counsel. Because he, because the, 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 the shepherd is not doing his job if he's teaching critical race theory. He's not. And I, and, and let me say this. Any pastor, any pastor, any pastor who thinks I'm wrong, any pastor who believes that critical race theory is acceptable to be taught from the pulpit and believes that it's correct and that it's moral, You have an open invitation to this show and we can, and we can debate this. But in answer to your question, leave immediately. Do not return. Seven. After how many dates should two people be exclusive? I've been, quote, talking, end quote, with a guy for about a month and we, and by my count, we've had seven dates. What is in his mind right now? Okay, well, I, for future reference, folks, if you have a question about your relationship or something romantic, the best thing that you can do, or just life, uh, life questions overall, the best thing that you can do is let me know, like, say, like, say romance, let me know how old you are, let me know how old your partner is, let me know how long you've been dating, and just kind of let me know what's going on with your life because this is vague. Um, you know, if this, you know, if these are, you know, two 15 year olds, I don't know. If these, you know, if you're in your 20s, I'd have different advice. But after, I'll answer the first question. After how many days should two people be exclusive? Okay. So my general rule is 
after after two dates after two dates um i always ask okay what is this where are we i'm someone i get these questions out of the way immediately because i want to make sure we are heading down the same road i want to make sure that we have the, that we are walking on a cord what is the plan here so my rule is um you know ask after two dates okay i would say two people should be exclusive um after three dates but that's just me that is just me i mean i don't know how many dates well let me let me say this people you can't fake someone for 90 days that's why i mean you can but most people can't the cracks will show the real person will show Okay, uh, that's why jobs, their usual probationary period is 90 days. It's like, okay, what's his work ethic? Is he timely? Uh, is she, does she work hard? Things like that. Um, but you need to figure out what the plan is. And I'm saying this especially to, to guys, because guys, it's usually us who's paying for the dates. We're usually the ones paying for the food. And I'm not, and again, I'm not saying all girls do this. But there are girls who say, okay, I just want a free meal. And they won't say that, but they'll be like, okay, I'll go on this date. He'll pay for my food, and then I get, a, I get you know, free lunch or a free dinner. And then that's it. And I can, keep, I can keep doing this until, you know, I've worn out my welcome. Okay? So that's what I recommend to uh, guys. Um, if you've been on seven dates, you need to talk and say, okay, well, what is this? You need, a, I would say that you need a label after seven dates. We are, and, I, and talking is not okay. Talking is not a label that's too broad. We are, what? Boyfriend, girlfriend, fiancés, husband, wife. Talking is not okay after seven dates. Because like, okay, we're talking, we're talking. Because here's here's my question. What are you talking about? Like actually, what are you talking about? When you say when you say talk, okay, oh, we're talking. There's not that much to talk about, folks. Because even when you start dating someone, you're still learning about that person. But it's not like okay, well, I have to learn everything about this person, and then I have to date them. Uh, then that means people would never be married or would ever date or anything like that. Um, so what's in his mind right now? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea because I don't know how old he is. I don't know if he's working. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't answer that last question. Okay. Eight. What country would be your second choice for permanent residency? Maybe Italy. Because the weather and the food. But that is about it. I, I, ha I haven't put too much thought into that question because it's not something that I would entertain. I entertain. You know moving out of the country i just I, I can't even imagine that uh nine you share that a, that a woman is the home from the sounds of things you want a housewife is that correct and if so are you concerned that there are so few women who want that okay um so i do want a housewife that is something that i that i do want 
Um, am I concerned that there are relatively few women who want that? It, it, it does. It makes me question my standards. It makes me question, you know, do I need to broaden my, the pool a little bit for potential, for potential wives? It, it, it does concern me. Um, but I know that, I, here's the thing. I know that they're out there. Um, there's, there's always a remnant. You just have to search for it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I end up will marrying a housewife. Um, a, a woman who, who will actually agree to being a housewife. But, um, I will say this. It does concern me. Um, but I am hopeful that I will find her. I am. Okay. Um, 10. Is it fair for me as a woman to not date a man who doesn't have a car? He's 23 and working part-time and not in school. He has dreams for the future, as he's told me. But right now, they are just dreams. I don't want to seem shallow, but I feel like he's all talk and I don't want to waste my time. I'm 18, by the way. Great amount of information. Appreciate that. That's, in turn, that, folks, that's your ideal, that's your ideal romance question. If you have a romantic question, give me your age, your significant other's age, and the situation. All right. Okay, so he's 23. He's working part-time, and he's not in school. Okay, I don't know if he's living at home, but I'm going to assume he is because it's part-time. And you're 18. I want to say this. As being 18, I appreciate this question. I appreciate you doing this. Because you need to look at this stuff early. And ladies, you cannot afford to waste your time. Men men can afford to kind of mess around with their 20s. In their 20s, it's going to hurt them. But it hurts women a lot more when they mess around. If they mess around and blow their 20s. Okay. He's tw- he doesn't and he doesn't have a car. I understand. Let me say this. I didn't get my car until I was 21. I was 21 when I got my car. I got it in uh, September of last year. I'm about to come up on a year of having my car. Um, I would, let, let me say this. He has dreams for the future, but he's told, here's the thing. Talk is cheap. And you need to talk to him and just be like, okay, well, what is your plan? Like, like, what do you want to do? Um, cause here's my advice to girls. What girls should do, um, girls need to find, girls should go on as many dates from the years of 18 to 25 as they can, or until they find a guy who, who is, uh, who has a good head on his shoulders, is on a good trajectory, is making the right choices with his life, and doing the right steps to making the right choices and going on the right path towards success. That is my advice to girls 18 to 25. Okay. And also, you know, work on your body and, you know, focus on those other things. Okay. If he's 23 and he's just talk, talking about his dreams, you need to ask him, just, you need to sit him down and just be like, look, I need to know what your plan is. What are you trying to do? What is your goal? What is, what is your five year plan? 
Ladies, let me let me say this. You should always ask a guy. And guys, you should all also ask this to girls. What is your plan for the future? What is your what is your one year plan? What is your three year plan? What is your five year plan? Where do you see yourself in one year, three years, five years, ten years? You need to ask those questions and be like, okay, well you see those things. Well, I, I see myself as a billionaire. I'm gonna be a billionaire and okay. How are you gonna get there? What is your plan of attack? What is your plan of action? What do you bring to the table? And that that's those are the things that you should ask, ladies. And guys, you also should ask women, okay, well, what do you bring to the table besides pussy? Because a lot of women will think, well, I just, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I mean, sex. That's it? That's, that's not going to cut it. So that's what you need to do. Um, being 18, uh, you should talk to him and just be like, listen, um, I do like you. I am interested in you, but there are some flags for me here. I don't know what your plan is. You talk about these dreams, um, and you say you have ambition, and ambition is good, but talk is cheap. What is your plan? What are you going to do? You're 23, and you're working part-time, and you're not in school. It'd be one thing if he was working part-time and in school, but you're 23, and you're not in school, and you don't have a car. What are you doing? What is the goal here? Okay. Um, 11. You've shared that you don't drink. How would you feel if your wife drank? Would you try it if she asked you to? Uh, that's true. I don't drink. How would you feel if your wife drank? I mean, I wouldn't like it. It would probably annoy me. Um... I certainly would not try it if she asked me to because it's just, it's not going to happen. Having sickle cell anemia, I, I need all my hydration. I need all my blood cells. Why, why the hell would I, would I put something in my body that's going to make it worse? Why would I, why would I, you know, lose some of my hydration? Why would I hurt some of my blood cells? Why, why would I do that to my body? Why would I do that to my kidneys? I already had, you know, problems with my kidneys after being sick. I've already had organ failure. I have a greater appreciation now. I, I, I had a greater appreciation before I got sick from my from my body and my in each part each part of my body. But afterwards, oh it's the, the, the appreciation has has grown by by leaps and bounds. So no, I, I would never try it. Um but I would prefer if she didn't drink. When I mean doesn't drink, I mean at all. Okay. Um, Twelve. I've just gotten into reading the Bible. I know Genesis 101 and Genesis 3.16, but that's about it. How should I go about this journey? Well, I want to say congratulations. Um, God bless. I'm, I'm glad that you're doing this. Um, what I recommend to anyone... Anyone who's looking to read the Bible, um, you need to understand what Christianity is. You need to understand the relationship of yourself to Jesus Christ. You need to understand your uh, Jesus' Jesus's relationship to the church. You need to understand what Jesus actually did 
for the world. So what I recommend, and Christians will say it's cliche, but start with the book of John. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, believe, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Easy verse, most, most known piece of literature in the world, but it's a very, very powerful thing. So read the book. I would say start with the book of John and then go from there. I don't know if you're in church, um, but, you know, if you're not, join a church and um, find a church that find a church that's right for you. Um, I don't want to say find a church that, that, that preaches the word because as of right now, you don't really know what's in the Bible and you're not, you know, I can't really give that advice to you. But my advice is start with John and start praying every night and just say, Lord, speak to me. That's, that's my advice. You just say, Lord, speak to me after you finish reading. Okay. Congratulations. 13. How can the country reunite? I just hate all this divisiveness. We, we got to have truth. I, I just wrote an article on this for the Christian Post. We need to have truth for America to, to heal, for America to solve its problems, for America to go forward. We have to find, we have to build our foundation upon truth. That's the only way the country can reunite. Because we can't reunite based off a lie. Joe Biden talked about, well, we, we need we need unity at a time like this. Unity is good. But what are we unifying upon? That's the question. Are we unifying upon a lie? Are we unifying upon the fact that America is a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad place? Are we unifying upon the fact that white people are evil and the root of all evil and and that they need to apologize for their whiteness? We do need unity, but we need to unify upon truth. I hate this divisiveness too. This isn't fun, but that's how the country will, can reunite. 14. What do guys think of girls who smoke or vape? My brother said most guys don't care, but that doesn't seem right. If I were a guy, I would hate it if my girl smoked or vaped. Uh, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I, I'm extremely turned off by smoking and vaping. Um, even, even in guys, it's like, it's like gross. Like, I don't even want to talk to them or be around because it's like, why would you do that to your body? And it's like, you, uh, smell. Um, I don't know the data on this. Um, but I'm going to assume most guys don't because most people just don't like smoking. Most people don't like vaping. Um, and usually if someone, if someone themselves, here, here's what I would say. If someone does not smoke or vape, they are very likely to not like someone or be interested in someone who smokes and or vapes. Um, yeah, but that, that's just me. I, I can't, I, I just don't know the data, but that, that's an interesting re research question. Um, 15. What should I do if I'm grossed out by my significant other's uh, family practice? Uh, what I mean is they always kiss each, kiss each other when greeting, and they see me as part of their family. They are very kind to me and very welcoming to me, but I hate it and try to get around it. 
Now, this is tough because, gosh, this is tough. Um, so there are cultures that do do this. Um, and you say that they're very kind. Now, when you say kiss each other, are you saying on the lips or are, are you saying on the cheek? Like, I don't know. I'm someone I don't like kissing personally when it's, if it's not my, if it's not a girl that I'm seeing or a girl who's, or my girlfriend or my fiance or my wife or a girl that I'm, you know, sexually, you know, into and that she's into me. So I, I, I really would probably just, they sound very sweet. They sound very wonderful. It's just something that they do. And that's just part of their culture. I'm, I'm someone who would have to say, eat this one. And I, I say that with a lot of hesitancy because I would say, look, just say, look, I, part of me is saying, just tell him, look, I, look, I, it's not, it's not you. It's just me. I don't feel like I don't want to kiss you. I just, I, I don't like that. There's part of me saying that. That's that's about 49% of me saying that. The 51% is saying, you know what? This family loves you. This family... Pre for your... For your... Uh, significant other's family to welcome you. Now, I don't know if it's your husband or your wife or, or, or whatever. Um, or boyfriend or girlfriend. But if you're married to this person and this person's family accepts you and loves you and welcomes you you are going to have to just take this one and just bite the bullet here. That's really all I can say. Because um, for your for your in-laws to welcome you, that is a tremendous blessing. Okay. Um, 16. Do you think there is a political center anymore? I was having a discussion with my family at the dinner table, and we don't believe so. What is your take? I'm, I, I agree with your family. There is, if someone who tells me that they're center, I just, I'm like, okay, you're, you're, no, you're not. You're not center. Because center just doesn't exist anymore. Because we're now, it's not even the party of Republican and Democrat anymore. It's almost like it's the party of the sane versus the insane. The party of law and order versus the party of anarchy. The party of science versus the party of non-science. Of anti-science. What do I mean by this? Gender. For one group to think, okay, um, a man can become a woman, a woman can become a man. And for another group to say, okay, well, a man cannot become a woman, a woman cannot become a man. A man is a woman and a man, uh, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. There is no middle ground here. Gender is binary. The other side says gender is however you feel. It's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not your body. There is no center position on that. There is no middle ground. There is no common ground there. There's sane and there's insight. There's it's it's there is no political center anymore. So I completely agree with you and your family.
it's 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 sad but that's really just where we've gotten to and people are going to have to pick a side the days of 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 uh being apolitical unfortunately though that those those days are over those days are a thing of the past because the problem is everything has been made political it's a shame um 17 how do i not creep women out my 18th birthday is coming up in september and i want to change my approach on women i want to try approaching 18 new women every week and ask for their numbers or dates but i don't want to see be seen as creepy what is the happy medium well happy early birthday um and it i'm interpreting this as um once you hit 18 you want to start approaching 18 women, new women a week. Um, let me say this. That's, that's really good. That, that's a good exercise. That's a way to get over your fear of rejection. That's a way to, um, get yourself out there. Um, but here's where you're wrong. Your concern is not creeping women out. And here's the truth. At some point, if you go up to a woman, you don't even have to go up to a woman. You can just be standing there and just look at her from across the room. And she and a woman might think, oh, he's creepy. There's no guaranteed way of not creeping out a woman. There just isn't. Part of the risk, again, fortune favors the bold. You go out there, you're putting yourself out in no man's land. You are being vulnerable and you're saying, look. This is how I feel about you. I like you and I was I think you're really pretty and I would like to take you on a date. Now that's really forward. But that's smart because you'll either get him to say no, I have a boyfriend or no, I'm not interested or you know, some kind of no or you'll get a yes. It's that simple. But if you get the no, it's like, okay, you can be seen as creepy. If not by that girl, you'll be seen by her friends as creepy if she's in a circle. If she's with her friends. Okay, so you can't be concerned about creeping women out. Because if you do, that's gonna that's going to inhibit you. That's going to uh, decrease your chances of you getting out there and going to going to talk to a woman. Because whenever you go up to a woman, your goal is you're saying you want to go up to 18 different women a week that you don't know. So you're going, up, you're going up to 18 strangers and asking them for a date and or their number. That's bold. You're going to creep some of them out. It's it's going to happen. I think you should stick with your goal. Um, but you need to get over the fact... Uh, you you got to get over yourself here, man. You can't just be afraid and just say, Look, you know, uh, I, I, I want to do this, but I don't want to be seen as creepy. It's part of the game, man. It's part of the territory. By being bold, by being forward, you risk being seen as creepy. That's just how it is. All right, 18. My girlfriend is really self-conscious about her body when there is no need to be. She's physically attractive, and I'm not just saying that as her boyfriend. Guys, check her out. How can I convince her that her body is beautiful? There's nothing that you can do. Um, you have two choices. One, and people might say, oh, you're being mean. No, I'm not being mean. I'm just, I'm just being real. 
you there, there's not you can't fix someone mentally your girlfriend might need to go to therapy and again there's nothing wrong with therapy it's very good it's very healthy makes you go see you know it, it can be very beneficial to go see a therapist but you've told her that you love her you told her that you appreciate her. you told her that you think she's beautiful you've told her that you want to see her naked you've told her that you are sexually attracted to her there's nothing that you can do about it there's there's nothing that you can do about other people you can't control other people's emotions you can't control other people's thoughts um you can try writing this out um or you break up with her and she might see you as a jerk and she'll and she might think oh well, th- this confirms that that my body is horrible because you broke up with me. It's like, no, I can't keep doing it. You can't, being in a relationship, you don't want to keep reassuring someone. It'd be like me going, uh, it would be like you and her dating, uh, but you have the insecurity and you keep asking her, okay, well, why are you with me? Why are you with me? Are you sure you really like me? Are you sure you want to be with me? There's no, there's no other guys, right? You know, you're not talking to anyone else. You know, you know, you're not, you know, who, oh, so who's that guy? That gets annoying very quickly. And I believe that the girl should leave you. On this side, you, I, this is something that I would do. I would leave the woman if this were me. Because I'd be like, look. I, I, there's nothing I can do to convince you. I can't help you. I can't tell you. I, 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 you, I can put a tattoo on you. I can get a custom made shirt. I can take pictures of you while you're naked and have it as my, has, have it as my lock screen and my home screen. But you still don't believe it. And so I'm not going to continue to keep trying to assure you that you're, that you have a nice body. We can go to the gym, we can eat right, we can do all the right things. But if you still have that problem in your head, there's nothing that I can do to help you. So those are your two options, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but those really are the only two. And here's the thing. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if you guys are sexually active. Um, but, you know, say you guys go to get married and you guys are having sex. You're not going to be having a lot of sex. Because people who are self-conscious about their bodies do not want to... Women already prefer having sex in the dark. They prefer having sex with the lights off or the lights dimmed. Like, really, really dimmed. Um, So, you're going to be having very, very little sex. Because she's self-conscious about her body. So, I... I you, 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 gotta, you gotta jump ship, man. And I, I hate saying that, but that's what you gotta do. 19. What is your opinion on, on boyfriends and girlfriends living together? <sighs> Christians might get mad at me for saying this, but I really couldn't care less. Um, there's nothing in the Bible that says boyfriends and girlfriends can't live together. The Bible does talk about, you know, sex outside of marriage. It does. Okay. We know that is indeed wrong, but there is nothing, there is nothing in the word. There's nothing in the Bible. And if there is, please tell me what it is. Tell me, tell me the chapter. 
Tell me the book, tell me the chapter, and tell me the verse. But there's nothing in the Bible that says boyfriends and girlfriends cannot live together. There's nothing that says that. It's frowned upon in the Christian community. It's frowned upon by, by older people, uh, people of older generations. Um, but it's, it's, it's true. Cause, cause it, it could, there could be a variety of reasons. Someone may have lost their job. Someone might have gotten sick. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of nuance here. But really, there's nothing in the Bible that's, that says boyfriends and girlfriends can't live together. The Bible doesn't talk, let, let, let me say this, uh, to those of you who don't know the Bible. Or those of you who do and might be searching for answers when it comes to dating. I'm going to stop your search right here. The Bible does not talk about dating. It doesn't. It is not in there. Okay? People will talk about, well, well, well Proverbs says, uh, you know, when a man findeth a wife, he, find, he findeth a good thing. Okay. It does say that. That is true. But if you read the entire book of Proverbs, it's written as if it's written to a man. Proverbs is not only for men. Girls, if you want, if you want to go up and make and make the first move on a guy, do it. If you want to text the guy first, do it. Okay, but going back to the Bible, the Bible does not say anything about dating. So my opinion on boyfriends and girlfriends living together, I really don't have a problem with it. I mean, you know, if if my girlfriend fell on hard times, um, I would, and I'd be, and you know, she didn't have anywhere to go. I'd be like, okay, you can, you know, you can come here with me. I wouldn't worry about what other people thought. Okay. Um, so I, I really don't, I really have no, um, no say in it. I really, you know, it's, it's, it's not my business. Um, and I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, yeah. 20. Last one. How are you liking your new job? Okay. Um, let me, let me be frank. Okay. There's. A love hate when it comes to my new job. Um, one, I'm doing what I want. I, I enjoy it. It's, it's great. Okay. The writing, the reading, the researching, um, the editing. Um, there's certain parts of it that I hate. The inputting, I'm not good at, folks, I'm not very good at technology. I'm just going to be, I think I've shared that before, but I'm not good at technology. So that part I don't like, and I'm, I'm, I'm weak in that area. Um, but ultimately right now it's, I hate this, I hate the transition period. I don't hate the job. I just hate this transition period because right now I spend Monday through Fridays, nine to 5 PM, 9 AM to 5 PM in my room on the computer using Slack and go to meeting and that's it. I'm not interacting with humans face to face and that is. I, I really enjoy. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy interacting. I enjoy the, the, the body language. I enjoy all those things. It's hard right now going from a, going from a grocery store to where you have coworkers and customers and managers and supervisors. Um, you talk to a bunch, your job is mostly talking to people and you're in person and interacting with them. Here it's the opposite. Okay, it's very different. Um, so I do 
love the job. I just hate the transition period. I hate the isolation right now. Um, I don't have, you know, you know, I don't have the, 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 the camaraderie with, with my coworkers. Like I, my current coworkers, like I did with my former coworkers from, from my grocery store. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Um, that's, that's really all I have to say. Um, but I do like the new job. I'm very thankful to God for this opportunity. I'm thankful for the Christian, to the Christian post for this opportunity. Um, but yeah, that is how I'm liking my new job. Um, I love it. I, I love what I do. I just don't like the isolation. All right. So that is the, that's it. Those are the questions. Um, that might be the last Q and A for a while until the transition period is over. Um, I don't know. I might do it, but I might not. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, keep sending in your questions. Keep corresponding. Um, I know I haven't been as active on the, on the email side, uh, cause I've had less hours. Um, but I appreciate you guys' support. I appreciate your guys's comments. I appreciate your guys's questions. Um, yeah, keep on listening and we shall see what the future holds for us.